On this episode of the Pullman Proud Podcast, I sit down with Nathan Weller. He's Pullman's longest-serving city council member, representing Ward 2 and its residents. In full disclosure, I served one term on the Pullman City Council. I got to know Nathan while I served and saw where his heart and passions were. I appreciated his recognition of his own shortcomings, something I quite frankly struggle with. I consider him a good friend. I talked to him about why he ran, why he continues to run, and what each council member can do to better connect with residents. Hi, my name is Brandon Chapman. You can just call me Chappie. I choose to live in Pullman because I love Pullman. The city is far from perfect, but it's been perfect for my family and me. On this podcast, I interview people because behind every business, organization, cause, or initiative is a person who works tirelessly to make this community the way it is. It's a person who helps make me Pullman Proud. The Pullman Proud Podcast is brought to you by Sprouse Real Estate, where passion meets expertise. Meet Shiloh and Abigail Sprouse. Hello, I'm Shiloh. And I'm Abigail. Team Sprouse is a dynamic and successful married team of agents who uniquely blend dedication, attention to detail, and extensive knowledge for every client they serve. Licensed in both Washington and Idaho, send them an email, teamsprousrealestate at gmail.com. We thank Team Sprouse for their dedication to Pullman and for their sponsorship of this podcast. And welcome back to another edition of the Pullman Proud Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Chapman, and I'm extremely excited today to be joined by Councilmember Nathan Weller, uh, a, a Pullman kid who stayed here, who's grown here, who served the uh, Pullman community for years and years. You're the longest serving city council member uh, in Pullman. So Nathan, first off, thank you so much for joining me on the Pullman Proud Podcast. Well, thank you, Brandon, for having me. I'm, I'm really excited, so appreciate it. So whereas last week we interviewed Linda and Franco in a, uh, an awesome like boardroom, we're sitting here in my home office, actually. I just had to come over to the house. Uh, I've gotten to know you over the years uh, from city council, actually even a little before city council, and, and as well as uh, the gym, of course. See, I had to say that in a deeper, more manly voice uh, from the gym. So when I first met you, Nathan, let me just ask you this first off. Uh, how important health has been, physical health, to just your uh, mental health, your ability to, to do other things? Because when I met you, you looked more like me, actually. And now you're twice the size of, of me, but it's not adipose tissue, man. It's You are massive. Like, you work out religiously. Uh, how important has that been for you for just your overall health? Well, I appreciate it, Brand. Actually, you know, I think you look pretty good. So I, I wouldn't well, be thank complaining you. about that. But, <laughs> you know, I will say um, mental health, uh, physical health, I believe it's all all connected. So um, lifting, of course, I mean, you know you were on the council going through committees. A lot of the, the stress can get to you. And um, uh, my, my biggest um, philosophy is to lift up that stress. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of times I felt anxious and depressed and down. And uh, getting, getting myself moving is, is really important along with meditation. But I mean, you've been in the position. You you understand the stress that, that we're under. Sometimes it was the only way to decompress after a city council meeting. So we'd get done, leave there about 10, 30, 11, and I would change into the workout clothes, and I'd go and do something until midnight, 30, 1 o'clock, wow. just to come down from, from that, that high, right? And yeah. that high wasn't always a good one either. It was like sometimes you're right. It was uh, you're discouraged, you're depressed about something, uh, 
angry about something, or sometimes you're on a different high where you're like, that was a great council meeting, but you're still not going to go to sleep. So <laughs> might as well do something with that. And so uh, I just I just wanted to point out that I, I've noticed that uh, that you made something uh, an important part of your life. And, and maybe, I don't know, we can talk about this, but maybe that had something to do with the way uh, – you've matured on council uh, over the years. So uh, let me start out with this. This is something that I want to ask every single one of the guests uh, because it is the Pullman Proud podcast. What makes you a Pullman kid, right? What makes you Pullman Proud? Wow, that's a that's a loaded question. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I well, ask great loaded <laughs> questions. <laughs> I think, you know, being Pullman Proud, it's, it's a really about public service, um, being able to, to give back, um, you know, a community that has given so much to you. And as far as being Pullman proud, you know, it's not just about being a fan of, of Pullman, go WSU, go, you know, Pullman. It's also about being able to look around you and being like, okay, what, what can we make better? You know, it, it's great if you love the area, but but if you're not able to also see where where can things improve, and I, I think you know your time on council definitely showed the amount of things that were improved with your time on there. That's really about being Pullman proud. It's not just about blind. We love the area. It's also about where 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 are the challenges. So, well, that would be. I'm going to skip down to probably question six or seven <laughs> on my list. Then, the admittedly one of the problems that I had. And one of the reasons that I did not run again was because I struggled to push the ball down the field and not either get discouraged or end up in in a fight that just gave me too much angst, right? So I read this book, Anatomy of Peace, and realized that I was not at peace, right? Whether I was working out after a council meeting or not, I just wasn't at peace and I, I couldn't do it anymore, right? How have you been able to maintain that sanity uh, and and fight for something that you know is important uh, while all, all the while being able to to still be friendly and work with other people because I, I don't know that I, I think I was successful sometimes, but I don't know uh, that it was often enough. Well, I would say, uh, first off, you were very successful. Pickleball wouldn't be what it is if it weren't for you. And a lot of the streets, uh, especially around in this neighborhood, wouldn't be as safe as they are without you. So I think that's that, that needs to be noted. I think as far as um, being able to, to stay, you know, I, I like to say stay a little zen, you know, be able to to try and stay calm, to try and stay calm. Um, you know, I do I do meditate. I do, um, as, you, as you said, work out. Um, I think trying to keep in mind that everybody comes from a point of passion. Um, for Pullman and uh, whether we disagree on on how things get done or or maybe the overall vision everybody wants to make Pullman better there's nobody out there that's saying you know let's let's uh, destroy downtown or let's destroy Pullman it's all about us trying to find a way a middle ground which is what I, I firmly believe in um, so that we can all move forward together so I think if I come at it from a place, and this is kind of from my mom. Um, so my mom was a special education teacher, and she always told me. I was bullied a lot. I was a fat kid, you know. Not anymore. <laughs> and, um, 
I would come home sometimes, you know, crying, things like that. Uh, and she would say, you know, Nathan, everybody has good in them. Everybody has good. And, you know, at the time, that would just bother me because I'm like, ah, this person's teasing me. This person's, you know, uh, Yeah, how could they have good yeah. if they're doing that to you? Yeah. But, um, you know, I think as I grew up, I, I try to keep that in mind that, you know, everybody has that good in them. Maybe, maybe it's a little more difficult to see in some people, but when I go into council member or council meetings or, or go into committee meetings, I try to keep in mind that, you know, there is good in, in everybody and try and live my life in that way. And I would say, you know, stoicism has helped me quite a bit. What can I do and what, you know, what is outside of my power to do? So. And when somebody, uh, this is an interesting thing to discuss. You, you mentioned Zen and I'm watching the uh, deer again in my neighbor's yard trot through the snow. It's just a beautiful sight to see. Uh, by the way, the snow in the backyard looks prettier than the snow on the road. Uh, just point that out. Uh, you know, your ability to uh, effectuate change, there are certain things by law, of course, that council has purview over and certain things that that it does not, right? So administrative oversight belongs to the mayor as the chief administrator and council is it's largely policy, although you and I both know that over overall the overall well-being of the city is still under the purview of city council and so that gets a little tricky where you know what if something is happening that is is not to the well-being uh, you know at what point can you step in you know as a council member but but your ability to to make change i think i think not everybody understands what city council does to begin with and uh, some people jump into city council and they, they do get it. And I think just the learning curve is pretty, you know, pretty low. And then some people jump in because they want to uh, improve working conditions of, of, you know, this and that on campus, right? Well, you know, that's not necessarily policy related for the city. Uh, and I think just the learning curve is a lot higher for, for those. So, you know, within even the body of city council, uh, everyone wants to do something that might be good, mm -hmm. but of course, that's why you have to have your city goals and like discuss these things and say, what are we going to work together to, to move forward on? And in that process, it's rough, right? Yeah. yeah. So how, how have your views changed though? Because you're talking about finding good in, in people and working toward that cause versus, you know, however many years ago when you ran for, for city council the first time you were the, you were the youngest. You know, uh, I don't know. You're not the youngest anymore on council. We're, we're old men now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but when I joined council, I mean, you were the youngest city council member at that time, and you had already been the longest serving city council. Now, now you're still another eight years, I think, since I, I met you at that point. So what has changed in you? Like, what have you, what would you go tell your former self? Oh, um, Patience. I think, um, you know, when I, when I started out, I was, what, 27 or some, it was like 2008, something like that. I was working at SEL, and so um, I was working swing shift, and, and I don't know if I ever told you this story. Um, this is a perfect place to <laughs> drop that story. <laughs> of course. Uh, if I go too long, please let me know. Um, so I was working um, swing shift, and... I, I, I got a um, call and I said, you know, there's, you'd be great for this um, op open position. Well, it wasn't an open position. It was uh, Al Sorensen was in the position. He had been appointed and election was coming up. 
and I had just run for Whitman County Commissioner, and I lost, but I was actually glad. Um, you know, I, Mike Largen ended up becoming a, a good friend, put me on my first uh, committee, an economic committee. But, you know, I, I uh, when I was at that time, I was like, there is no voice for a younger person on council. And then I was looking at it and I said, <clears throat> Just about every other council meeting is canceled. What is this? There's got to be more business that's done. Why, why is this happening? And so I was really running on bridging that age gap and being able to do business on a regular you know, schedule. Um, now, interestingly enough, I was running my campaign you know, in the middle of the night. I, I, I had to work. I had to sleep. And it was a it was a family it was a family affair door knocking, putting out signs in the middle of the night. I had more signs taken down during mm -hmm. that campaign. And you know, Al and I, you know, I I, I call Al a you know friend or uh, acquaintance. I, I would say a friend, but now, but at the time, it was it was a tough election. It was it was not well spirited, but. Um, you know, door knocked, won by only a few votes. And then afterwards is when the real difficult time came. And that's where I had to take, uh, I don't think the mayor knew at this time. I don't think any of the council knew. I was taking vacation time to go to council meetings. I had saved up vacation time. I was taking council. I was taking vacation time, go to council meetings. I would go in the middle of the night to drive to Olympia for Association of Washington Cities for Legislative Days. So I, I had a lot invested in this because I really, super passionate. And I feel probably I pushed quite a bit. And, and that put me into a category that, you know, I mean, hey, look, here comes this young upstart you know, trying to get all these things done. Back then I was like, you know what we need to do? We need to be on social media. Hmm. What a concept. Yeah, it was still, uh, <laughs> by the way, it was still about eight or nine years down the road before it was on social media, except Absolutely. for the police. Police yeah. were on early. Absolutely. So I had these ideas, you know, ah, oh, we got to look at, um, you know, solar. We got to look at, you know, all of these, uh, wind, uh, these sorts of things. Now, some of that stuff is outside of city purview, but... I thought, I have all these ideas. We, we got to push. We got to push. But you're on a team. And, and you forget that sometimes. And I did not have a, the political clout or, or the savvy to um, try and convince people. Building a consensus is hard. And I'm sure overall there were probably, oh, silly Nathan, this newcomer. But... Did you, was there a council member that you felt like was kind of a good mentor at that time or, or helped, uh, you know, maybe looking back, maybe you didn't even see it then, but looking back, you're like, yeah, they were able to put their arm around me and say, Here, let me, let me help you out, Nathan. Well, funny enough, uh, yeah, Keith Bloom, council member Bloom back in the day, uh, ideologically, we were at totally separate <laughs> lines. I've but, seen some old council member, uh, council meetings. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But. <laughs> He, uh, you know, we would joke around. He, he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. But it really was not a thing of, hey, let's mentor you. 
Yeah. And I think that's what, what is missing for a lot of council members. I would say even right now is that um, you come in and it's a kind of sink or swim type of situation. And so now when new council members come in, I, I try to talk to them, let them know if they have questions to talk to me. But when I was, when I was starting out, it was a, you're, you're going to find out how it is. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, you know, they weren't going to take it easy. I mean, and they shouldn't, you know, I, I ran for election. Um, I was very, you know, forward about what I felt needed to happen. Um, and I, I'll tell you this, I, first thing that actually, I did get some traction in about 2009, 2008, 2009, we were facing a, um, you know, the economic downturn mm -hmm. and there was a meeting where I, on the agenda, we needed to look at cutting budgets. And I spoke up and I said, you know what? We should be cutting our council pay before we cut budgets. Now, you know, it, it's, it's a little silly thinking about it economically because we didn't make that. Yeah, it's a drop we, in the hat. Yeah, yeah. We made at that time like $350 maybe. You know, but for me, it was a sense of, of um, symbolic princi gesture. principle. Yeah. yeah. It was like if we're asking, you know, parks and rec and police and fire and, you know, all of these to take a cut, we need to take a cut first. We need to be the ones to lead from the front. And in fact, we did freeze our incomes because I said, you know, I, I don't know if it was just me, but that was something that I was like, I can actually have an impact here. Mm. So anyways. Yeah. I think that's that's amazing. And I, I would say that you, whether you knew it or not, but you and Eileen McCall were the two council members that I relied the most on. Uh, Al Sorensen was, um, was really good with me on certain policies, uh, less on the historical knowledge, of course. Uh, Eileen, her, her knowledge of like historical policy, including over in state policy in Olympia was, was extremely strong. And, and you had a wealth of knowledge and kind of a no nonsense, like here's, you know, also that perspective, you know, that maturity, <laughs> you, you told me a no, no in certain terms that you used to want to fight a lot more than you did. And, and, um, you needed to take a little bit more. I may, maybe if I had listened to you a little bit more, <laughs> no, maybe no. I would add a little more you, you did peace a in the heart. <laughs> uh, but you talk about, you know, getting into public service, into council. Talk to me just about the nobility of public service. I mean, what drove you to that and not to do something else? Because, I mean, you, you know, I made joke, you were at SEL, you know, have been an engineer and a farmer and a small business owner and an astronaut and all that stuff. Because <laughs> uh, you did do an internship at NASA, yeah, right? right? I mean, you've done all these things. Why was your path toward public service uh, specifically? Well, you know. You give me far too much credit. Definitely not an astronaut or engineer or far, you know, but, but um, serving in certain capacities, you know, in those fields, I would say, um, you know, when I was, I'll share this. So when I was about 13 or 14, Bob Peavy had a sports camp up at WSU. Um, and I volunteered. I was too young to work. I volunteered. Uh, one summer and put in my last day, jumped in my dad's white S10 truck 
and uh, said, Dad, I know what I want to do the rest of my life. And he said, oh, what's that? I want to volunteer my life away. My dad said, heck with that. You're getting a job next year. <laughs> so, you know, that, that kind of, of course, I, I got a job working at a farm after that. But, um, See, you were a farmer. <laughs> there we go. But uh, that and then my mom working as a special education teacher, my, you know, I think being able to do good while you can, where you can. And um, I think one of the things is that when, when I saw there was the election, Bush v. Gore, um, it was so nasty. And these days, I it doesn't that. look... I was in South America at the time. Oh. I totally missed it. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. <laughs> and that was tame compared to what we get now. It, is, it was. It was tame. But I, I remember coming home and talking to my parents. Um, you know, we had family dinners. I said... Ah, this is this is horrible. This is so nasty and so mean. And they said, well, you know what? If you don't like it, do something about it. And so I decided to get involved and I, I decided to try and do something about it. I did not want to run for public service. I wanted to help a campaign. And so, um, you know, I, I helped um, a few campaigns, you know, uh, but it didn't seem to really help. Mm-hmm. And then... Of course, somebody said, hey, try running for office. I'm, I'm actually a very uh, shy, people don't realize it, a shy, introverted person. I know that now. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, so doing that is just, it, it was so difficult to do. But, um, you know, trying to put myself through something difficult in order to grow. So... Anyways, why I did it? Well, there, there's a there's a lot of reasons, but yeah. Talk to me about the philosophy in terms of the role of city council in a community, because again, we mentioned that there's some misunderstanding about what city council does, and it's really easy to, you know, I've been on this side of it to blame council for something not working, and then uh, there's not really a lot of praise. You know, city city hall doors are not busted down by people who want to carry you out on their shoulders. <laughs> And, and praise you and, you know, kill the fatted calf for you. Like, that just doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen, right? So yeah. so what is that philosophy? What is the role of city council uh, as it should be? And then, you know, what, what, um, what can we do to help residents better understand what council actually does? Because I think folks think that not only does council approve what happens, but also they're the ones who put the sign in, you know, or go out and pave the road or whatever it may be. Well, that's a great question, and I think, you know, depending on who you ask, you may you may have different, uh, you know, views. For me, as I've grown in this role over sixteen, you know, years, so many you can't even keep track. I now. Can't keep track. <laughs> as I've grown into this, um, you know, I had I had thought it was all about my ideas. I was a leader. I was supposed to show the way. That's not the way. In my opinion, the way is to listen. You're a follower. You're a public servant. That's that's who you are. And so the city is its own. This is how I've explained it. The city is its own entity, its own beast. You know, they have their own things that they have to do, and they have to follow the regulations. They have 
people who have studied different departments, uh, you know, experts, so on and so forth. And the city council needs to bring, and again, this is my opinion, the opinions and the the views of citizen of, of the community of the community to the city so that the city knows and what happens i feel far too often is that we as a council get roped into this thought that well we are the city and you know we're representatives of the city in a way we are but most of all we are representatives of the people who elected us we're Which representatives the of the count community battle that i had with our city attorney all the time yeah all and the time we're, i'm, we're I'm sorry team. but i have to bring this up because yeah, this is yeah. what my residents are talking about yeah right? yeah I, I mean we're you know we're supposed to we are a team the city you know is a part of that team but we have to also be able to say mm -hmm. hey look Somebody's bringing this up to me. Yeah. And, and the trap we sometimes fall into, and, and I feel we saw that at Town Hall, is that citizens get very upset. Certain citizens get very upset. There's, there's things that they really, really want done. And if they don't feel heard, that just raises, mm -hmm. you know, that, that just rises their voice. You know, they, they feel, I'm not being heard. Nobody's listening to me. City isn't listening to me. And now my elected official is not listening to me. So we don't have to necessarily agree as council members with what they say, but we're not there to argue with them. Yeah. We have to put, in my opinion, our ego, and this is the most difficult thing, our ego, our pride, our defenses aside, mm -hmm. and in a way, what I feel is, is kind of be a therapist, listen yeah. to them, we're not there to judge. We're right. there to pass along the information and say, this is an idea. Can we do this? Mm -hmm. Is there research that we can do? Maybe there isn't, but at least they're feeling heard and they're able to say, okay, he's listening to me. So well, he or her. For, for city council though, uh, of course, these aren't career politicians, right? Mm -hmm. With the staff, like uh, that is something I've also heard like uh, from residents that think that each of the council members has a, a small staff of, of folks that, you know, do clerical work or whatever. I mean, we're talking about a lay group of people, basically, that, that come forward. And and, uh, and honestly, like, the it's a huge disparate, like, ability, you know, a skill set. Uh, and so people who want to get heard, uh, I, I mean, I know for a fact that you do very well, you know, working uh, and responding to messages, to returning correspondence, but that's not the case for all the council. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I've heard residents say they've sent email after email and nobody got back. That's one reason I ran was because I wasn't hearing back. Now, to be fair, I did not send anything to you, by the way. I sent something to my elected officials that were the ward that represented me uh, and to Eileen McCall, who was my at-large representative. And I heard only from Eileen, mm -hmm. right? And nobody was getting back to me. And I said, this is Pullman. This is not Seattle. If you can't return this kind of communication, we got to do something different, right? So that I think council can probably do better at returning correspondence. And then, you know, the city has hired a new communications person. And there is more on social media than there ever was, which, again, thank you for pushing that. Because I think for too long, the theory was, well, we can't do social because... Mm -hmm. Somebody will, you know, we may say the wrong thing and then 
you know, we're gonna get we're gonna get hit by somebody, right? Um, but all of that said, what's the role for residents though, uh, who may show up uh, when when everything is way past, right? When we're we're at the very last moment, the eleventh hour on something, and they haven't reached out to council members, they haven't attended public hearings. Maybe the only thing that has happened is on social media for them. They've they've you know expressed their disdain for something. They've engaged what I've called slacktivism, and and now at the eleventh hour they're saying, "Hey, you're not hearing me." Like, what's the role for residents to to be able to communicate better with the council? Well, I think, and then I'll tell you about a failure where I think something would help, but I have yeah. I was part of the problem too. I'll tell you about that after. Well, you know, first off, I think when when you chose not to to run again, we we lost a big um, form of communication on the council. I completely honest. I mean, you know, you were such an asset for us to be able to reach the public, and it. I mean, it shows. Um, I I do what I can social media next door try to do those things but you were you created a lot of like the the ward map the you know i mean which was used for doing, a long you, time but used, now they have yeah. the gis i uh, know it's, it's <laughs> wonderful they have an official one yeah i fought for that gis for years also yeah. but you and i were the it, only ones i yeah, think for a while <laughs> exactly so you know i think we lost something big there um as far as you know people coming in on the 11th hour it may not be a popular opinion. I don't care if it's the 11th hour. I don't care if it's one minute. You know, it, it's important for people to be able to feel like their city council members hear it. Even, even if it feels like it's frustrating to, mm. you know, some of us. Because some of us are more involved. I mean, we know more about it. And the regular community member who's out there in the city, they're working 40 hours, you know, or, you know, have kids, they're, they're doing all of these things. How are they supposed to stay on top of, of everything going on in the city as well? They have, they have their own things that they're dealing with. Some can. Some have a great way of balancing. You know, I applaud you and, and all the things that you were able to do and still be involved. But as far as how they can, you know, following, following the city, uh, you know, pages, social media, you know, contacting uh, the website. And thank you for working on the website as well, um, going with the website. But these days it's so difficult because there are so many different ways of communicating and some people are here some people are there you just never know mm -hmm. and so this is something we are fighting with right now like how do we do it we're, we're on a lot of social media we're mm -hmm. on a lot of areas but we're still getting that that we're not communicating mm -hmm. enough and it really comes down in my opinion to council members council members reaching out mm -hmm. them being able to say Hey, look, we want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And I, I think some council members do that better. You did that better. Um, I, I think, though, it's, 
it's a challenge if if you're not if you don't grow up with social media or if you haven't adopted it so you know and i mean a different personality i'm 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 very not reserved right i want to go out there and and just talk to everybody every single person uh you're too kind about all the things that i did you're too kind about about that here's what i think true a fail uh that i was part of right uh, whether I was actively part of it or complicit in this, but uh, I know that public comment period, and I brought this up, I'll probably send an email to the whole council again, just as a resident, uh, the public comment period is at the very end of the meeting, and people will have to sit there through the whole meeting to get their three minutes, and Glenn was the great you know, time you know, keeper. I mean, he made sure that you did not go over the three minutes, and and uh, so, so you wait two hours sometimes uh, through a meeting, two and a half hours sometimes to get your three minutes to be heard. And I, what, even though you can send an email, I feel like that is the best, the most basic form of government is being able to address your council face to face. And and obviously the the sacrifice might be worth it for something you're passionate about, but not everybody wants to do that. Like you don't know how long a meeting will be, and then realistically. Uh, you have other things in life too, childcare and and all form of of that. So, not only did I think three minutes is too short, but in a lot of jurisdictions they do have it up front. And I I shared with the council that when I went when I went back to my hometown where I grew up, Centralia, just south of Olympia, they do five minutes and they do it at the beginning of the meeting. It's interesting because in five minutes, when you know you have five minutes, a lot of people got done with their remarks in three minutes anyway. When you know that the the time clock has already started and you have to get three minutes in, you get jumbled in your thoughts because you're trying to figure out what's the most important thing. You're trying to do an inverted pyramid in your head, and you get jumbled up, and then three minutes is, is up. But people could come, and they could say, here's what I is on my heart and mind. Here's what I'm disappointed about. Here's what I keep. I hope you keep doing, you know, if it's a positive. And, and then if they don't want to stay for the meeting, they don't stay for the meeting, right? I think it's a more respectful way to do things. I know Dan Records, when he was on council, Dan and I had talked about that at, at length. I know I talked about it with Eileen McCall. Um, and I, I know I certainly didn't push hard enough on that. I think that it's still something that needs to happen. Um, you know, and I maybe it was fear that there were some folks, not you, but there were some folks who didn't want to do that, um, who were afraid that the meetings would somehow get hij- hijacked by people, you know, in costumes or a big, you know, bird or something. You know, I've, I heard the, the thing all up in Spokane, this is what happens. Well, I'm going, well, we're not Spokane, right? And I think that our residents would feel more respected to be able to address their their council that way. And I didn't do enough on that. And so we're at that state right now where it still doesn't exist. And I feel like I was part of the failing. Well, actually, interestingly enough, we just talked about this last meeting we're going to adopt. And, you know, you were the reason that we started looking at this. The um, rules of procedure is what it's called for our listeners and council gets to, you know, modify those. Yeah. So, uh, we decided to wait. So I had talked to Mike and we decided to wait until the Mike new, Urban, our city administrator. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. Um, wait until the new mayor, um, took his position and then change around the, uh, meeting. So we're going to have, Mike is, uh, our city administrator is going to bring a proposal to us in the next meeting, I believe it's the next meeting, on bringing that forward. 
in addition, not only having uh, community, um, you know, uh, uh, kind of updates along with community comment and city council reporting on committees. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be at the front. That's what we've decided. So you, you brought it up and we, it's finally getting done, but years later. <laughs> And I don't care if it's a feather in someone else's cap. That's wonderful to have it happen. Well, you heard it right here. It was Brandon. So. Uh, well, you're pushing the ball over the goal line, so so kudos on that. Um, you know, I'm just like the inverted pyramid and getting jumbled up. My questions are a little jumbled, but that's that's all right. Because um, I talked about maturity as a council member. Uh, I want I something that has really impressed me, um, and I respect this about you. And I don't know that I do as well at this, but. Um, you are able to humbly say, I was wrong, and if I could do it over again, this is what I would do. Uh, and you've been very, very forthright about those things. Um, you know, I know, like, I know where you're at on any number of, of issues, including social issues. You very much supported the Wayside Welcome. Uh, you have worked tirelessly at uh, the warming shelter that we had and so on and so forth. The, the Black Lives Matter mural, right? That, that was one where you have said publicly uh, that you don't feel like you, you know, you, you voted the way you should have, right? Um, but you were, you were absolutely forthright about that. And to me, I feel like that's something that either, either it's always been there inherent in you or it's something that you've matured into um, that I struggle. I struggle to sometimes say, you know what, I, I messed up on this. I, I was wrong. Talk to me about that, just being humble enough uh, to do that. Well, I don't know if it's being humble. It's just knowing, <laughs> knowing that uh, I have faults and um, where where I fail. That's my problem. I don't feel like I do. You, you don't know, have that's... any faults. You don't need to worry about that. I'm exceedingly <laughs> humble. Yes. Um, you know, I I fail a lot, and I think, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter. Uh, yeah, that, that I can is tell the frustration fun. in your face. Like you're it's like, I wish just, I could go back. And... You know, I I mean, the challenge you sometimes face is that you get from staff or you get um, certain information and you think, well, this is where my heart is, but this is what they say is, you know, needs to happen, and I think you know. That one I would take back absolutely 100% because that, that really, it hurt my heart. And then afterwards seeing it and the, not only the frustration, it wasn't, the frustration wasn't even a part of it from the community. It was, it was my own feeling of, I cannot rest my head on my pillow without feeling remorse for this. And at the end of the day, that's, that's, what we as as public servants that's the only thing we can really take away from that is can i can i sleep well at night and there's been plenty of times i've had anxieties over you know anxiety or 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 being sad or or being depressed about my interactions with other elected officials but i always feel that i am responsible to the community i can get over my problems with other elected officials and staff but it's the community i'm responsible to mm -hmm. so i've had plenty you know and um 
I was thinking about some of them last night, and, and I know one, I, I was asked to speak at a, um, it was a black student union group, and they were having a march. And I should have, um, I did the speech, there was the applause, but afterwards when I talked to them, they said, well, you know, you did the typical thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you did the Martin Luther King, you did that type. You didn't do, you know, what should be done, which is doing your homework first. And I'm like, this is humbling. And I was like, you're right. You're right. And now I look at those things when, I, when I'm asked to speak or when I'm asked to do these things and I say, am I the right person? You know, I, I feel it's important to use my position for the good of, of raising the voices of others, of empowering others. But if I don't have enough information or a, a comparable lived experience, how credible is that for me to speak about? Mm-hmm. And so being able to empower somebody else to step in there. So I don't know, I'm going off on a tangent, but what I'm saying is, is we make mistakes. It's the ability for us to say, yes, I've made that mistake. And the community to say, okay, all right, now let's move forward. I don't think that was a tangent. I think that was perfectly pertinent. You mentioned being able to sleep at night. We, we did talk about council and, and serving the community. Uh, what happens when, when you feel like you're at odds with, uh, with the voice of the people, right, who, who are informing that policy but then you also are charged with doing what's in the best interest of the public. And so you know like there's something here that is not in the public's best interest. And, and, and you know that the reason they probably don't want or do want something is because they don't understand the complexities of something. So they, you know, like the downtown Pullman uh, project, which we, we'll get to that. Uh, but the downtown Pullman project, historically, just for people's knowledge, uh, it was especially business owners who were saying, we don't have enough business downtown. We don't have people who are coming. Please help us figure out a way to make this happen. And, and I was on that council with you, and we spent $130,000, uh, committed that. And I think we spent a little more by the time it was said and done. But on a downtown master plan that was supposed to make downtown more walkable, bikeable, uh, pedestrian-friendly, foot traffic, all of that. Uh, and, and so, you know, you, you have these things that folks don't understand and, and when that understanding is not there, then the voice coming back to you saying, we want this, we want this, we want this. How do you reconcile those two things when you're, you are charged with doing what's in the best interest of the public, but you're also charged with doing what your constituents are are telling you? Well, I was only on for one term, so I didn't have to have as many instances as you where there's been uh, seemingly something that needs to be reconciled. <laughs> well, Sucker. Yeah, I, I, I think um, that's a tough one because I, I meet with a lot of uh, different groups um, and there's a lot. I try to find how can we do it. The, usually... Usually, um, it's not that you can't, it just, you need to see how has somebody else done it? How has another city done it that we can also do it? And then 
help the staff to see that it can be done. But if there is, when there is, because there's plenty, situations that um, that can't be reconciled, I have to go to those communities. I don't hide. I can't mm-hmm. hide and say, oh, well, I heard what you said. Uh, can't do it. Bye. You know, I try to do, I try to tell them, look, I understand. I hear your passion and I feel it. I'm with you about that passion. And oftentimes I am. Um, there's a reason they feel that way. However, being able to to get them in the same room or have them talk to staff and say, hey, look, here's the realities of it. And sometimes that's volatile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some people are like, well, no, you just haven't looked at it in the right way. Right. But at the end of the day, you have to you have to make uh, the the decision, the right decision for the city as a whole. And it's a difficult one um, because sometimes these views, these visions, you know, when when I was going uh, when I was going for the social media, it was not a well accepted thing. There was not a lot of municipal law for it. It could not be done at that time, and it wasn't looked at very closely until a little bit later. It's a lot of record stuff. So I have been in that position where mm-hmm. I want this done. But then being able to see, well, but we're going to get sued. Mm-hmm. I, I know that uh, in a lot of instances uh, where maybe residents want a specific thing, uh, maybe they want that because it is a job of a council to better educate uh, as to why. It's a good point. Perfect example uh, is the Mimosa Right, I, and I sat on the same. But look what they're doing in Illinois. Look what they're doing in Ohio. And I don't think folks realize. Well, state law varies so differently for what you could do with derelict buildings, yeah. uh, rundown buildings. In Washington State, right, the RCW, the statute defines what constitutes a specific level of this, that, or the other. And and can you take that building or close that building, raise that building, or whatever it may be? In uh, Ohio, they might be able to do that, but in Washington, you can't. And um, I think a lot of residents, maybe they, I, I think the word ignorant is a bad word, but I think it does give an opportunity for council to say, here's why we can't do this. And the public good would not be to get the city sued by trying to do something it can't, right? That's just one example that, that I thought of. And, and again, I didn't have to deal with too many of them, I think. Yeah. So, well, I think you bring up a good point, and that's, uh, yeah, education, being able to to do the background research. If they have a question, do the background research. Say, this is why, if, if it can't be done, here's why. Mm-hmm. And that outreach, that education is a part of that. And so, you know, I appreciate that question because it's something that we need to do a better job. I mean, hands down, we need to do a better job as a council being able to educate because we do, we get the information, but sometimes it doesn't filter down into citizen groups and everybody's busy. Some council members aren't able to put in as much time Mm -hmm. on that outreach and that education, but we get it. You know, we do receive that. And, you know, I talked to Welch Comer about, you know, you were talking about the downtown and we met and we talked and sometimes it's heartbreaking to be able to pass along that information and try and educate, but um, then trying to say, Hey, what can we do? If we can't do that, what else can we do? 
now let's get really down to brass tacks here and talk about specific. Talk to me about the downtown Pullman project, right? It's, uh, you know, of course, it's been pushed back. It's been pushed back again. And, and some of the feedback that we received was not enough time uh, to, to be able to do this with the staff, you know, that we have. Uh, and so we didn't get any bids. The, the process would length, lengthen. So you, on one hand, you lengthen so that you could get people to bid on it. And then now business owners are saying, hey, but we can't shut down or we can't have this kind of foot traffic only in the back door of our, our stores for, for six and a half months where three might have been okay or this or that. Um, and so talk to me about where we stand in that uh, and, you know, just some of the complexities and where are we at with the trees? Because that's what, you know. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you know, uh, I think I'll take the last question first. Where are we with the trees? Well... We've been told, um, you know, when this all started, uh, the trees could be saved. There was three options. Uh, save all of the trees, save some of the trees, save none of the trees. Um, and as you know, and I'm sure some of your listeners know, I've, I've tried to find a middle way and say, hey, can, can we save some of these trees? Well, now that it's come on down through the years, uh, you know, it's been told to us and, and it's very apparent that there's a lot of trench work that needs to be done and these trees will not survive. Yeah, infrastructure that yeah, is going to kill the trees anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, I would have liked knowing that at the very beginning mm -hmm. and I, I talked to Welch Comer about it um, it would have been nice for us not to have those three options for mm -hmm. us to just know, look, these are going to have to go away. But that being said, that's, you know, water under the bridge. Now we're looking at, you know, those trees aren't going to be saved. There's other, there's other ideas of, uh, that have been brought us to, brought up to us, um, about, different technologies with trenching, um, pipe, you know, expansion, so on and so forth that could save some trees. But a lot of the things that are being talked about would need, would need a redesign. Mm -hmm. And that redesign would need to go through, you know, back up to this, back up to the state, another three months and then approval. And yeah. it's just keeping, Pushing the uh, uh, you timeline. Know, timeline down mm -hmm. and then possibly losing that money, which that's a chunk of money. And I I know the business owners right now are the ones, um, not a tree issue, but are being vocal about the timeline. Yeah. And at some point, when does the city say, you know what, we're throwing our hands up. It was business owners who wanted to do this in the first place. Uh, we just, we're going to use the money somewhere else. I mean, if we don't get any bidders, would that be the next option is, do we put this 9 million into parks? Do we put it into streets? Do we put it like, like, has the council discussed, if it's been an exec session, you can't tell me, but has the council discussed, uh, like what, what's plan C then? Like if this doesn't happen or are we not there yet? <laughs> Hopefully we're not there yet. <laughs> we're, we're not there yet. I mean, we're supposed to be, uh, hearing back from bids. Uh, okay. I believe it's this next week. Um, but full disclosure, I'll tell you where I'm at at the trees. When okay. the public, uh, when the town hall, it wasn't a public hearing on this. It was a town hall that yeah. got hijacked by this one issue, right? Um, but 
Uh, Dave Jones, a local resident who's a friend of mine, said best time to plant a tree is 15 years ago. You know, when's the second best time now? Uh, I was driving through Lewiston, right? Uh, and we had a an urban planner. It might have even been the same one, actually, that we hired. Uh, and I'm looking at the trees, and the trees are all off the buildings. Of course, they're out a little further because the sidewalks are wider. Uh, they're off the buildings. They they provide the, the tree canopy, everything that we want. And, and I know before our current trees, we had other trees, right? Mm-hmm. So we replaced them. We did not have an arborist at the time. And I feel like at this point, let's take these. Let's take them out. So when we put in the new sidewalks, we put them in the right spot. We future-proof for the growth of the trees. And we have an arborist who actually tends to these and makes sure they grow appropriately. So I'm, I'm at a, a point now. I know it's not popular among you know, a pretty vocal group. But let's replace the trees. I just full disclosure. That's where I'm at. That's fine. And I can be wrong. You know, it, but. that's that's fine. I think for for my point, um, I'm I'm elected to voice the concerns mm-hmm. wherever they fall. Yeah. And that's exactly what I tried to do. Um, and you know, however however it turns out, I I try to keep in mind. We all want the same thing. We want a better downtown. We want more walkable downtown, you know, more business downtown. This is what we want. The challenge is, even if we do a, a redesign of the downtown, you know, a, a challenge we're going to face is that those semis are still going to be going downtown. Mm-hmm. And so having a bypass, is in, it, it is very important for the future mm-hmm. of downtown. Now, right now, you know, the next two years or whatnot, whether we get bids, whether we don't get bids, of course, we'll have to pivot. We'll have to figure out, okay, like you said, where where is this money going to be used? Mm-hmm. You know, and... I, maybe that's part of our local match to a, uh, to a bypass. Maybe. We it have it have is very expensive, but yeah, we do have to. I, I know yeah. when I came on council or shortly before, the figure was about $33 million. I know it's a lot more than that now. Uh, Senator Schetzler was very clear that he, he did not want to support any kind of funding for this until the city itself had skin in the game, right? Uh-huh. So Transportation Benefits District, which for our listeners means it's a specific tax that only goes to that project, right? We would need to do something like that to be able to... Uh, to fund this, so what we're talking about is if we're at seven point nine, you know, sales tax, it goes to eight point zero, right? Yeah. You point one percent. That has to go toward that that very specific uh, project, right? Uh, are we are we at that point? I I know the I know the buzzword raise taxes is, is a scary thing, but uh, most places have raised. Uh, Clarkston's eight point two percent. Spokane, of course, is a lot higher than that. We're not talking Seattle-type taxes, but do we need to seriously look at doing that if if at the same time uh, we're saying, hey, we need to, to do this for our downtown, for business owners who are down there? Well, I think, you know, it, I think we need to be looking at quality of roads, what, what we want as far as lifestyle and quality here. If people are just fine with the roads... Um, I think a majority are not, um, then we need to be looking at how do we fund that? Mm-hmm. And that will probably come from taxes. If, if you're fine with, with, you know, wearing out your tires and, you know, hitting a lot of bumps, you know, <laughs> I mean, 
So I just, I got no special privileges as you, because you mentioned me helping uh, improve roads. That was harvest drive and, and slowing speed and some bump outs and all that, uh, which we didn't really pay for. Most of that was, was you know, federal government uh, grant and some state grant, but uh, right in front of my road. When we did that, that car drove around, you remember with the lasers and it, oh, yeah, it yeah, graded yeah, like yeah. zero to hundred is, is poor. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, zero to ten, zero to twenty is poor. Twenty to forty is bad, uh, like like not as bad. And then all the way up to hundred is like a perfect road, right? Uh, this it was in hundred foot sections that they they graded this, and I I went through the whole list, and here's a road that's not really that good. Here's so if if failure is at uh, twenty and below, so take a wild stab. What right in front of my house is six. So I just pointed out that I did not do any special privileges. I didn't pull any strings. My road is terrible. Are you going to uh, get out there and patch it yourself? Sometimes I feel like <laughs> that might... They've patched it, actually, with uh, any number of things, but um, they can't resurface this road because mm -hmm. it's in such poor condition. They have to actually do a whole new pour, which is exorbitantly expensive. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, going from Spring Street all the way over to Harvest Drive... Putting in the the bump outs right for for better walking like crossing so it's a shorter crossing distance. It has slowed speed. People have complained that they've had to slow down. Well, that's the point, right? It is yeah. supposed to be an inconvenience uh, and slow traffic down. I think that whole project was like two million dollars. So, you know, look at nine million dollars, right? It depends on what what we want, I guess. What is our value? What is what is it that we we desire? Yeah. Well, and it used to be worse where we used to repave by hill yeah and you know I not think, priority you know, based not priority based and you know that uh back in 2013 i was saying why are we doing it by hill yeah. we've got to do this by where what are the worst roads yeah. because that's just so it, it alan and i pushed for sidewalks 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 and oh nathan, yeah that was so nathan good. came in and said that's you came in and said, okay, if we're putting in sidewalks and infill, let's do it like let's do it based on a priority. Like you were really good about that. Is this is this actually a segment that needs it or that needs to be redone? Right? How many people are walking on this? You brought that up in a council meeting which I thought was really uh, important using data to support that. And the city hasn't always used data, but it is using quite a bit of data now. I mean the yeah. the vehicle to assess the roads, the we get we get up to the second like live uh, data on our bus system like to make those decisions right yeah uh, I mean I don't know how much of that you receive I mean because the data driven decision making was really only starting uh, toward the end of my council term I, f I felt right yeah so I don't know what you receive now but um, but that's pretty important yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, last last question yeah and then I, i'm gonna throw some i'm gonna pepper you with uh to get to know nathan like uh -oh. some of your favorites uh, -oh. uh we just we just uh, appointed a new council member tremaine gaither who yep. uh he works at wcu and i've known tremaine for for quite a while you had 15 candidates who went for this open seat mm -hmm. of course the next time that an election rolls around there's going to be an election for for this uh we've this is not the first time we've appointed people right mm -hmm. Uh, but Trimane was chosen out of 15 people. So what for you as a council member stood out? Well, I would say um, his ability to talk with people in a calm demeanor, his ability to reach out to people. Um, we had a little bit of a discussion about mindfulness when I talked to him. Um, I value that. Uh, 
you know, that's, that's something that one thing stood out in that council meeting. And the reason I asked the question, what do we need to improve on the council and mm -hmm. how would you do it is because, okay, there's, there's 15 people. And they all said communications, the I think. And they said <laughs> communications. I'm like, where's Brandon? Yeah, so, but, um, you know, he's going to be able to talk with people, whether, whether it's, you know, the, the developer or, you know, somebody just walking along the street. He's mm -hmm. going to be able to talk to everybody at the same level. Right. And that's really, I mean, that's what they said. We need communication. And so for me, that was huge. I think um, being able to represent more of the community is uh, very important. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and I, I had mixed feelings about this. Um, so with WSU, love WSU, but the response from one of the 2040s was, we need to try and find how, how do we define ourselves as a city not being with WSU? Well, we're not ever going to you can't, not you can't, be with WSU. Right, right, exactly. But I think being able to to also have a connection with um, the provost and, and have a connection with WSU is good. I think uh, you know it, it comes with it comes with challenges. You want you want that person to also be able to make decisions outside of you know just the WSU scope. But I think he's balanced enough and I talked to him and he said, no, you know, I, I will vote with my heart with, you know, the research that I've done. And so I have faith in him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, there were only a couple names that I didn't recognize. I thought they all did a, a tremendous job, um, you know, like anything of 15 people. I mean, some are going to be very prepared for that moment. Some of them you do rely on your knowledge of, of them anyway from before, coupled with, you know, their preparation there. Uh, I'm sure as a council member, you look at the current makeup of the council, too, yeah. and who could, you know, because this isn't about indivi seven individuals, it's about a team, right? Who would meld well with that team? And, and you have council priorities for the upcoming year. Who could help us achieve these, right? So there's a lot that went into your decision making. Uh, but I also look at some of the folks that weren't chosen that I sure hope run again. You know, I hope they run for, for office. I think they would, uh, they would do tremendously well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, okay, let's get to know you real quick. <clears throat> All right, uh, pepper you with uh, oh. favorites. Okay, okay. Uh, what's your favorite book? Oh, I would say um, Meditations, Marcus Aurelius. Favorite movie? Oh, geez, um, I I've always been I've always been a Terminator fan. <laughs> you know, it's just be classic, <laughs> classic. Uh, favorite TV show? Oh man, um, you know I was always a Futurama guy. Okay, uh, favorite favorite uh, um, favorite band, favorite musician or band? I don't have just one. I, I can't. I'm I'm so many different bands. Do you have a favorite song? Favorite song? Um, oh man, I I was not prepared. I was. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Okay, favorite. <laughs> Favorite uh, favorite uh, exercise at the gym. Okay, favorite exercise. Yeah, it could just at the be a muscle group or something. Okay, you know I would say back. You know anything having to do with the back. Yeah, okay. yeah. See, I, I hate the I hate the pull down bar. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, uh, what's your favorite place you've been to on vacation? Somewhere you've actually been. Favorite place, you know Kauai. 
You know, beautiful. I just went the to garland, oh, the garden gosh. aisle. Oh yeah, I love yeah. it there. Yeah. Uh, favorite, uh, I guess, a vacation spot you haven't been to. What's your dream vacation spot? Italy. Favorite spot on campus. You know, it used to be, but they shut it down. Um, the tower by the arts mm. where they had all of the uh, spray paint, mm -hmm. you know, all of that art. That was pretty awesome. Now, don't give me the politician's answer on this because you're afraid of offending somebody. This doesn't mean you hate every other restaurant, but what's your favorite restaurant in Pullman? New Garden. Okay. And and a favorite food that you have? Not at New Garden necessarily, but your favorite food. Well, you Chocolate know, chip cookies, by the way. Chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> yeah. Um, How many council meetings did I bring cookies to, <laughs> right, that Sarah had made? Oh, Quite yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. Love, yeah. No, I, I love those cookies. Uh, that's my biggest problem. Um, <laughs> no, I would say, uh, you know, the, the sweet and sour chicken. It's always been my fan at, at New Garden. Oh, man, for me, for me. Of course, I love birch and barley. I love South Fork. But I have grown up with New Garden before they were even around. So, you know. Yeah. Before the other ones were around. Before they were, yeah, before yeah. the other ones were around. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Nathan Weller, appreciate you uh, joining me on the Pullman Proud podcast. Uh, you've been uh, an amazing uh, council member to work with and a good friend, and I appreciate you joining me. Thank you, Brandon, for all you do for our community. I thank you so much for listening to the Pullman Proud podcast. What makes you Pullman Proud? Would you like to be on the podcast? Or do you know someone who you think would be a great guest? Email me, PullmanProud at gmail.com. Now let's all do something today to make our community even better.